Our scripture lesson today comes from the book of John, chapter 13, verses 1 through 21. And so friends, I want to invite you to turn to John if you need to follow along. I want to invite you to take the posture, the position that feels best for hearing these words for us today. It was before the feast of Passover, and Jesus realized that the hour had come for him to pass from this world to Abba God. He had always loved his own in this world, but now he showed how perfect his love was. Judas had already been convinced to betray Jesus. So during supper, Jesus, knowing that God had put all things into his own hands, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, rose from the table, took off his clothes, and wrapped a towel around his waist. He then poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel that was around his waist. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said, Rabbi, you're not going to wash my feet, are you? And Jesus answered, you don't realize what I'm doing right now, but later you'll understand. Peter replied, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And so Simon Peter said to Jesus, then Rabbi, wash not only my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus said, any who have taken a bath are clean all over and only need to wash their feet. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For Jesus knew who was to betray him. That is why he said not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, Jesus put his clothes back on and returned to the table. He said to them, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and sovereign, and rightly so, for I am. If I then, your teacher and sovereign, have washed your feet, you should wash each other's feet. I have given you an example that you should do this as I have done for you. The truth of the matter is, no subordinate is greater than the superior. No messenger outranks the sender. Once you know all these things, you'll be blessed if you put them into practice. What I say is not said about you all, for I know the ones I chose, but so that scripture can be fulfilled. One who partook of bread with me has raised a heel against me. I tell you this now before it takes place, so that when it takes place, you may believe that I am. The truth of the matter is, whoever accepts the one I send accepts me. And whomever welcomes me, welcomes the one I send. Having said this, Jesus became troubled in spirit and said, The truth of the matter is, one of you will betray me. This, friends, is the word of God for us, the people of God, this morning. It is the day before Passover. And Jesus has gathered with all of his friends. They have come to share in a meal, a feast with their teacher, 
Their hands and feet have been washed by the servant of the household already, as would have been Jewish custom. With the friends clean and the table set, they sit down, ready to partake in a feast together. That is, everyone except for Jesus. He is distracted. While everyone else begins eating, something else stirs in Jesus' mind. He is thinking about what is to come. It's become known to him who he is and what will happen, so he ponders, what do I do now? Gathered here among these people, amongst my friends, what do I say this last time? Having thought over this revelation, Jesus gets up and he moves towards the servant's water basin. And there he begins to remove his clothing, exposing his body to the disciples, to those around him, right there in the middle of supper time, exposing his human fleshly body. And I wonder if his body was beautiful in the way we understand bodies to be beautiful. And I wonder if in Jesus becoming human and taking on the human condition, if he felt shame in exposing his flesh, if he felt vulnerable in the way we might feel in exposing our flesh. Frequently we imagine God incarnate as this beautiful, flawless, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. And I wonder if in this moment, his exposed body is nothing more than exceptionally average. Maybe he's no taller than the other guys around. Perhaps parts of his body are heavy with fat or covered in coarse hair. Maybe his eyebrows almost meet and his teeth don't sit exactly where they should in his mouth. In this moment, when Christ has exposed himself, we have to wonder if his body is so normal and awkward as our bodies. This body which holds the divine. I wonder if when Jesus disrobes himself in this moment, if he's thinking about the next time he will be stripped, it will be involuntary. And he will die. As Jesus undresses himself, I like to imagine how the disciples might have been thinking through what was happening in front of them. I'm sure they are unsure of what is going on. Like I said, it's the middle of supper time. Jesus is removing his clothing and has picked up the servant's water basin. His friends sit confused and probably a little scandalized. This is weird, weird behavior. Even for Jesus, who has a way of shocking them all the time. Jesus picks up the water basin and he carries it over to his disciples. He kneels in front of the first one he meets. He places the beloved one's foot gently in the basin and he pours water out. 
but it is the middle of supper time. He pours water out over their feet, which are already clean. He moves from one disciple to the next, kneeling in front of them and pouring out water. After washing each disciple's feet, he gently wipes them with a towel. And then he places the basin in front of Peter and he kneels to pour water. And as he's preparing to wash Peter's feet, just like he did with everyone else, Peter gets really overwhelmed. Jesus is kneeling in front of him, disrobed and doing the work of a servant. And it is dinner time, Jesus. Feet should be washed before, not during. This is common etiquette. Peter is shocked and defiant, but who wouldn't be? In fact, it's a surprise that more of the disciples didn't react this way yet. Jesus looks at Peter lovingly in his defiance and tells him, You don't know what I'm doing, but one day you'll understand. His disciples don't know it. Peter doesn't know it, but Jesus is preparing them for something. He reaches down to begin the process of washing, and Peter explains, No, you will never wash my feet. And it seems like Peter should be ashamed, right? We read this and think, Peter, who do you think you are? Peter doesn't get it. He never gets it. Why would the Lord of all creation want to kneel in front of humanity to cleanse our feet? Peter's just expressing what any of us would think and perhaps not be bold enough to proclaim. And then Jesus turns to Peter and tells him, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. And something clicks for Peter. Because he begins to exclaim, Lord, not my feet, but my hands and my head. Wash every part of me. Peter gets it in this moment. He understands why Jesus has gotten up from the table. He understands why Jesus is interrupting supper. He understands what Christ is doing. And so he begs, Jesus, don't wash just my feet. Wash every exposed part of my body. Jesus has no interest in personal hygiene. He doesn't care about the disciples' hygiene. He's not interrupted supper because he thinks the servant did a poor job of washing feet to begin with. Jesus interrupts supper because he's invested not in physical cleanliness, but in spiritual cleanliness. Jesus is in the business of making souls clean and of bringing people together with deep ties of water. Knowing he will die, Jesus makes one of his last acts a baptism of sorts, a spiritual cleansing, an invitation to the people around him into full community with him and with one another. 
He cleanses the disciples before Peter will betray him, before Thomas will doubt him, before they will all disappear in fear and panic and grief. Jesus gets them ready for ministry and life without him. So they will be ready for a new home, created by Christ coming into the world. He binds them together with this water that he has poured out over all of them. In the ancient Jewish tradition, the washing of feet occurred not just before meals or as acts of hospitality, the hands and feet were priests were also washed. So they would be purified before they entered the temple. So they would be made clean before they began to worship. Friends, that's what Jesus is up to in this moment. Because the temple is about to be broken. And while the disciples may not know it, they're about to enter into the kingdom of God. Christ is preparing his closest companions for new life in his death, and Peter gets it. Peter gets it because he begs not just my feet, but my head and my hands. He wants to be completely cleansed. He wants to be ready to enter the temple. He wants his body to be a vessel of holiness. And so he begs Christ. He begs to be bound up with him. And friends, Peter isn't the only character in this story whose feet are washed. He begs for Christ, but he's not the only one who gets Jesus. As we said, Jesus washes the feet of Peter knowing he will deny him. He washes the feet of those who flee. He washes the feet of those who go into hiding. And most importantly, y'all, Jesus washes the feet of Judas too. He washes the feet of the man who will betray him. The Son of God exposed his body and kneeled in front of the friend who would be responsible for his death. He knows who Judas is. He knows Judas's heart. He knows what Judas will do and still he kneels before him and pours out water. This, friends, is who Jesus is. He's a guy who kneels before the very person who will betray him, who will hurt him. This is who we follow. This is who we're invited to be as a people. To realize no one is beyond redemption or love. To realize Jesus offers the same purifying water to Judas that he also offers to Peter and John and James and you and me. Jesus exposes the gift of his body, not just to some, but to all with no exceptions. Jesus invites Judas into community with him knowing Judas is going to fall short. And that's who we're invited to be as a people too. 
as hard as it is to kneel in front of the people who hurt us, as hard as it is to expose ourselves vulnerably, as conscious as we have to be sometimes when we do that, that is who Christ invites us to be, is to be a people who are willing to pour water over those who the world says don't deserve it. That's what Open Table is about, y'all. It's a community of people who realize that Christ's healing and Christ's grace aren't just for some, but it's to be poured over all. To realize that Jesus isn't to be safeguarded, but is ready to be poured out. That his cleansing waters are for everyone. That there is plenty to go around. Friends, if it weren't for COVID, today I would invite you to come up and touch these waters. But I still want to invite you to look at the water and remember that it's for you too. As you have been baptized, as you have been welcomed in this community, I invite you to remember the gift of this water, which appears over and over again in scriptures. As it parted for the Israelites, as it flowed from a rock and sat in a well next to an exiled woman. I invite you to know the water which John was baptized in and disciples fished in. Water that prepares us for new life, for a new home. I invite you to know this water which has been poured over feet and then poured out of Christ's side. Knowing it is cleansing, that it welcomes all of us, it makes us one in Christ and one as a community in mission to all the world. May you know, friends, that you are worthy. That surely as Christ kneeled before his disciples, as he kneeled before Judas, he would kneel before each and every one of us. He invites us into the body of Christ so that we may be cleansed, so that we may be bound up in community, and we might be welcomed into the kingdom of God. If we would only be so bold as to be like Peter and scream, oh gosh, yes, wash me, take me, not just my feet, but my hands and my heart and every part of me. Amen.